welcome to another episode of Mesoamerican Studies on Air. I am here sheltering myself from a very chilly day in Louisiana with a nice warm hot chocolate made with the chocolate tablets that I bought in Chiapas back in the before times when we could all travel. It's hard to believe that we've been in this pandemic for a year now, and yet here we are. And I hope that you and all of your loved ones are safe and sheltering as best as you can in the middle of all this. Hopefully things will start to return to normal soon, and we'll have some sense of normalcy on the horizon. Um, a few announcements from the last episode that I uploaded. Um, be on the lookout for my online course that I'm going to be launching. It's an introduction to Maya hieroglyphic writing. I'm really excited for this course. Uh, Maya hieroglyphic writing is my jam. It's one of the things that I'm most passionate about, about Mesoamerica. And I've worked really hard to make sure that this course is not only useful for beginners who are interested in learning how to read the glyphs, but also for those who might have taken an intro glyphs course before and want to approach it from a different perspective. News will be coming soon. I'm hoping to launch in the next few weeks, so definitely stay tuned, and that'll be coming up on the horizon. Now, today's episode is the first in a four-part series where I will be presenting some of my favorite pieces of Maya culture. Obviously, there are a lot of them out there, but I figured we could start with four good ones. Today's focus is the mural paintings in Calakmul, Mexico, which, for those of you who are unfamiliar with the geography, is in the Yucatan Peninsula, just north of Mexico's border with Guatemala. The Calakmul murals were discovered in 2004 by the Proyecto Arqueológico Calakmul, uh, belonging to Ina in Mexico. They are deservedly famous murals, not only for their artistic beauty, but also for what they reveal to us about Maya culture outside of the lives of the elite, which we normally see in the big carved monuments that have lasted down through the ages for us. The murals that we'll be discussing today are found painted on the walls of structure 1-4 of the Chiknab complex, a great plaza that is roughly square in shape. The plaza contains other murals, which haven't actually be been given equal attention. Um, these murals appear along the outer edges of the plaza, and they depict a watery landscape with fish, water birds, and an emblem glyph uh, or an emblem containing glyphs that spell out Chiknab, the phrase that gives the plaza its name. These murals are not inside of buildings like other examples from the Maya area, like the Bonampak murals or the mural paintings that we see inside of Tulum's temples. Um, but rather, these murals are outside. They're painted on the outside of buildings and along exterior walls, meaning that they were exposed to the elements um, for at least a certain period of time. But that also means that they were meant for public viewing, not just for the view of the elite. The same occurs with the more well-known murals of the site located on Structure 1. Now, Structure 1 is a radial pyramid, which means that it has four sides with a staircase on each side. And the paintings have been um, executed along the sides surrounding the staircases. So basically, they're not on the staircases, but they're on the rest of the structure surrounding the stairs. Um, like many other buildings in the Maya world, it was built and rebuilt multiple times over the site's very long history, resulting in multiple phases of the same structure. Now, the excavating team actually had to tunnel past previous versions of the building to find the murals, which is why we identify the murals as part of Structure 1, Phase or Level 4. Coincidentally, we also have evidence for multiple repaintings of these murals. 
In some scenes, traces remain of previous scenes that were covered up by these later remodels. Some of these scenes seem to parallel the later content, but in many cases, it appears that the subject matter just changed entirely. Um, so you can kind of think of this as, um, for a lot of us, we have old houses that people move into, and you can peel away different layers of wallpaper. Something similar was happen happening here. Obviously not the same thing, but it gives you kind of an idea. So what is happening in these mural scenes? This is exactly the debate that's still unresolved among researchers. There are many different theories that have been put forward that are all good, and I wanted to review them really quickly. Um, in 2007, Simon Martin suggested that it was simply the representation of a marketplace, so you were seeing on these murals what you would see in a marketplace. In that same year, Sylvain Boucher and El Quinones proposed the idea of a banquet, so that this was representing uh, a banquet or a festine where... Um, there was a host or a hostess, and they would basically be the reason that all these people were gathering together. Uh, others have suggested the idea of a tribute offering, or possibly a combination of these activities, which I think might be likely. Obviously, there's a lot we still don't know about this, and I think that it's, it's very likely that we could be seeing multiple things here. Um, whatever is happening, though, what is very clear is the things that these murals show us about everyday Maya life. And it's a rare treat for all of us interested in the ancient world. The scenes portrayed in the Cheek Knob murals are some of my favorite scenes of all time. They give us a unique picture into the Maya world, even if that view might be skewed by the artist or the patron who commissioned it. In the majority of Maya art available to us in collections and museums today, we see activities of the lady or lord and their court, or rituals performed by gods. Occasionally, we see scenes of animals in nature or in the other worlds. However, very rarely do we see scenes like these. Merchants and customers serving, eating, drinking, talking, and just generally interacting. We gain a brief glimpse into their world, one that I wish we could access like this much more often. So let's dive deeper into what we see in these murals. I'll be posting images of the murals on the blog, as well as links to relevant articles, so be sure to check out today's page there as well. I'll start with the most famous scene of all, the so-called Blue Lady. In this scene, we see an impressive Maya woman standing in profile and looking to the right. She wears a fabulous blue weepeel that, at least to us, appears to be diaphanous or transparent and folds of this fabric gather at her elbows and hang from her outstretched arms. The dress is decorated with orange medallions encasing red designs, possibly hieroglyphs or portraits of a deity. The cream-colored hem of the dress appears to contain a text, although only one glyph is actually legible. The lady's hair is pulled up and bound atop her head, and she wears a blue ear spool and face paint. Her arms are outstretched, showing off a bracelet of precious stones as she reaches to either take or leave an enormous clay pot that rests on the head of another woman who is squatted down in front of her. This woman, dressed much more simply, seems to struggle under the weight of the pot, and understandably so, because it's almost half as tall as she is. Her face shows her exertion and concentration. The artist here actually painted her face red in what we assume is to show the exertion and concentration that she's undergoing to lift this pot. 
Much less attention is given to this woman's dress, but it reveals a lot about the dress of Maya women. A color that appears purple but might be a faded version of another color, this simple dress wraps around the woman's body and over her shoulder. Glyphs identify these women and provide captions for the scene, and two men flank the scene on either side, one taking a sip from a bowl at his lips, and the other reaching for food in the bowl at his feet. This scene, particularly the center part focused on the two women, appears in many different locations, on the covers of books, posters for conference, and in this episode's case as the main image of a blog post. I admittedly love this scene, and even created a little cross-stitch pattern to, to recreate it during the quarantine last year. Many other fascinating scenes dot these murals, however, and I want to give them some attention in addition to the very famous blue lady scene. Vendors of tamales, cylinder vessels, corn flour, and salt appear, peddling their goods to customers who purchase and sample in the same scene. They all appear with captions that have allowed us to identify who they are and what they're selling. A true treasure of Maya epigraphy, and one that I use as an exercise in my introductory course on Maya hieroglyphic writing. However, I want to focus on three more scenes that give us rare depictions of Maya people. The next scene that I want to discuss has recently been in the spotlight if you've been listening in on social media or the science news networks. Originally, I wasn't going to include, include this scene because there wasn't much published information about it available online, but the recent articles by Rogelio Val Valencia Rivera opened up the possibility for me to include links for those who want to learn more. This scene is all about salt. Now, if you know anything about the ancient world or really about food in general, you know that salt is and always has been a vital and precious resource for food. It preserves food, provides essential nutrients for human survival, and improves the taste of our meals. Archaeologists and art historians alike have always suspected the use of salt in Mesoamerica, but the Kalakmul murals provide the first depiction of salt in classic Maya art. There are some depictions from the late pre-classic that Julia Guernsey has argued for, but I'll leave that discussion for another episode. In this scene, we see a salt merchant sitting in front of a large basket, a spoon in his hand, while a woman sits in front of him holding a recipient in her hand. The caption for this scene is Ach Atsam, or the salt vendor. So here, not only do we see a representation of a salt vendor, we get a glimpse into how salt was traded complete with a caption to confirm the identity of the vendor and their goods. Salt actually plays a role in another scene further along, with glyphs marking a conversation. Here, one man appears to ask another to break his packet of salt open. I love this interaction. A moment captured in time, portraying interactions between ancient Maya people and even recording an example of the kind of conversation they might have had. The article by Valencia Rivera provides more details about this conversation, and if you're interested, you can find the link on the blog post for this episode. On one of the eastern panels of Structure 1, we find a rare depiction of an elderly woman. While we do have depictions of aged gods and goddesses on ceramics and codices, this is, at least to my knowledge, the only depiction we have of an elderly mortal woman from the late Classic period. And what a scene! She wears a simple fabric wrapped around her, part of it visible hanging over her shoulders, just like the woman carrying the vase in the previous scene that I described. The painter left no doubt to the advanced age of his subject. 
She's thin, and she appears much more frail than her more youthful counterparts that populate the other scenes. Her toothless jaw juts out, just as we see in depictions of the old god in the late classic. However, despite her age, she lifts a vessel nearly as large as the one lifted by the younger woman in the previous scene. Like her younger counterpart, she receives help with her burden, this time from a younger man who steadies the pot on her head. But I absolutely love that this rare depiction of an elderly woman happens to be such a show of strength. The final scene that I want to mention is another rarity, an apparent family portrait. This scene shows a group of four people, labeled by Simon Martin as maize kernel vendors. The two figures on the left are adults, a male and female pair. Behind the woman, a small child sits atop a merchant's pack, playing with an object that has now become eroded. Behind them, in a section of the scene that continues onto the next panel on the pyramid, stands a young man, identified as such both by his caption and his intermediate height, somewhere in between the small child and the adults. Simon Martin identified these figures as part of the same family, the so-called Mays family. I absolutely love this wonderfully accurate depiction of a family because it seems so relatable. The parents are tired after a long day of work, their youngest child is oblivious and entertained by whatever, and the teenager is present but doing his best to establish his own space at a distance. The Kalakmul murals are an absolute delight. For the way they portray daily life, the rare depictions of people we don't normally see in monumental art, and the things we can learn about the Maya world from studying them. The use of color and the fact that the color was preserved so well is absolutely stunning. And I hope, for my part, that I'll be able to go see them in person someday soon, and I hope the same for you if you're interested. My friends, as always, thank you for being a part of this great Mesoamerican Studies community. I appreciate your support and your patience as I roll out new episodes. The blog and the podcast are 100% unpaid, my own little labor of love, which also means that sometimes life gets in the way and new content is delayed in rolling out. But I'm always thinking up new things to share with you. If you've made it this far and would like to buy me a Maya hot chocolate to show your support for the show, feel free to send me a few bucks at paypal.me slash mesoonline. And as I mentioned at the beginning of today's episode, keep an eye out for my intro glyphs course coming out in the next few weeks. I look forward to chatting again soon on the next episode of Mesoamerican Studies On Air.